Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to you. It's a beautiful day. It's been a good week in the Word, uh, and it's going to be a good uh, good day in the Word today. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. Uh, because you people don't miss anything, let me just explain to you that I had uh, some minor surgery yesterday. I had a cyst removed from my finger, and so that's why I have this bandage on my finger. Uh, if I don't explain it to you, I know some of you will worry about it the whole time, so don't worry about me. I'm good. Just got it bandaged up. Uh, Proverbs chapter 7. Uh, as I told you several days this week, we've had sort of sexual lessons because Proverbs has three pretty uh, extended uh, teachings on uh, sexual morality uh, from the father to the son in the early part of Proverbs. Chapter 5. I think verses 1 to 23, chapter 6 there yesterday, a section of chapter 6. And today, the biggest part of chapter 7. We're, we're talking about just the wisdom involved in, uh, in making wise decisions surrounding our own sexual behavior. Now, the lessons come to us sort of you know, framed as a father speaking to the son. And I just want to call that to your attention uh, one of the accusations against the church in the recent years has been that we shame young women for their sexual behavior and we blame them for the you know the for the boys misbehavior so in other words if girls didn't wear such you know immodest clothing then boys wouldn't be tempted uh, well uh, I, I understand a little bit of both sides there but I I, I never believe that you blame, uh, you know, the girls for the boys' bad behavior. And this is what I like about Proverbs chapter 7. Uh, it is interesting in the sense that the, the entire, you know, point of this teaching, and also chapters 5 and 6, is the attempt to control the male behavior, not the female. We're not, it doesn't say anything about controlling the female. I mean, we believe in that as well. But I just want you to pay attention to the fact that the boy is held responsible for his own behavior. Now, in this particular passage today, you got this woman dressed like a prostitute, but she ain't a prostitute. You know, she's just a nasty old woman whose husband's out of town with a credit card. I mean, I don't make any of that up, y'all. That's that's what it says. Um, there's a nasty woman that dresses like a prostitute. Now, there are probably a lot of preachers that, you know, in the same situation would just say, well, she ought not dress that way. You know, she tempted that boy, but that's not the way the Word of God frames this entire story. Yeah, she's out there dressed like as a nasty old woman, married woman dressed like a prostitute, and she's out there, and the young boy gets messed up with her, but it's a boy who's responsible for his own behavior. We can preach to the nasty old woman on another day. You know what I'm saying? But this father's talking to his son saying, listen, you don't want to be like this dummy who fell into this trap. You see? So uh, again, start at the beginning with me. Um, Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commandments. Obey, obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions. New Living Translation says as you would guard your own eyes. But what the Hebrew says there is, uh, guard my instructions the way you would guard the pupil of your eye. In other words, um, you know you know how you know we we wear protective eyewear because my eye, the the center of my eye would be probably one of the most sensitive parts of my body. I mean, if I get a, a speck of dust. You know, in the in, in the pupil of my eye, man, man, 
you know, I'm shut down. And so again, it's just, you, you guard wisdom, guard my instructions, the same way you'd guard the, the pupil of your eye, you know? The other thing I point out here is that you're guarding this, which means it's something in your possession. The father speaking to his son, knowing that you're a good boy, you know, you're on the right path, but now you got to guard that because you don't understand how easy it is to step off the path, which brings him to, hey, you know, as a matter of fact, I was looking out the window the other day and the father tells this story. Um, um, I, I really like this, I, I guess because it's, it, uh, uh, again, I know sometimes, you know, women get tired of everything being from the guy's perspective, but this is such a perfect boy story here, and the father speaking so effectively, I think, to the to, to the son. Uh, so let's break it down. I was looking out the window of my house, looking through the curtain. I saw this bunch of boys, and one in particular who lacked common sense. Uh, it's verse 7. Um, Hebrew word there says he lacked heart. This one in particular lacked heart. Now, heart, I think we've talked about some already. It refers to that that your innermost person, your, your inner life. Um, it, it is where wisdom is to reside. They'll let this take it down into your heart, you know. So this is a young man who lacks heart. Um, I think in many ways, you know, we're meant to s see that he lacks wisdom. He's, he's a dummy. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean he's not on the academic team. It doesn't mean he's not a straight-A student. This kid may have made, you know, may have made a perfect score on the SATs, but he's a dummy, you know. I think also that sense that he lacks heart. He lacks something on the inside. He's empty. Man, he may be smart. He may be, you know, in a lot of ways, he, he may be good looking. He may be on the football team, but, but he's an empty boy, you know. He's empty. And those of you who know me and have heard me preach on sexual ethics, you know what I say. Uh, empty man, only one kind of woman he's going to attract, and that's an empty woman. And this is a problem. Uh, take it from a guy who you know talks to a whole lot of couples. Man, when an empty man and an empty woman get together, ooh, it, it, it is going to be a world of hurt. And I'm telling you, if you're an empty woman right now, the only kind of man you're going to attract is an empty man. And if you think you're going to find a man or a woman that's going to fill up the empty place in you, can I introduce you to Jesus? Only Jesus can fill that empty place in you. There is no man. There is no woman. There is nobody, nobody who can fill the emptiness in you. Only Christ. So we got this empty boy. So you better believe he's going to be a magnet for every empty female up and down the street. And that's, that's what we find out. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down by the path by her house. So uh, again, by, by now, have I, have I emphasized this enough? In the book of Proverbs, always pay attention to the path you're on, you know? But he's a dummy. Okay, also, notice we're looking down. We're looking at this whole scene from above, looking out the window of my house. So we have this bird's eye view, or you could say a God's eye view of this whole situation. We can see the whole thing, which means we can see what he can't see. And in the beginning part of this story, I know he's a dummy, but at the same time, he don't know everything that, that we can see from above. You know, he doesn't necessarily know where this path leads. We can see it, but he can't. But it doesn't necessarily excuse him. But at the same time, you just kind of want to, you know, yell at him. Hey, dummy, you know, um, the point I'm making is he can't see. He can't see very far because he's he's down here in life living it and and sometimes in your own life you know you're down in your life you're down in it you know at, at eye level you can't see what god can see from above and that's why you can't trust your own sense of direction 
You, you cannot trust your own sense of direction. Uh, you, you really have to depend upon the Lord. This is why you need wisdom. You, you know what I'm saying? You just can't see that far. God sees what God sees, and you don't sit where he sits, so you don't see where, what he sees. You understand? You cannot trust your own wisdom. Uh, what do we read in Proverbs chapter 3? You know, be not wise in your own eyes. You know, uh, you, you can't see uh, what, what God alone can see. So he doesn't know the path he's on. He's on the path that leads to her house. And here she comes out, man. She dressed like a prostitute, but she's not a prostitute. She doesn't ask for money. As a matter of fact, she's just a nasty old married woman. And what does she say? I have just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. She is also religious. What does she say? I just came back from the church. You know, I just came back from church and I brought some leftovers. The peace offering, the point of that is only part of that was, was, was to be consumed. I mean, was to be, you know, sacrificed. The rest of it was to be consumed. And so what she's saying is, I got food. I mean, this is a nasty old woman, but she knows how to how to speak to a boy. You know, she knows the man the way to a man's heart, right? It's food. You know, I just came back from the potluck at church, and we had some leftover fried chicken. You know, I got chicken. You know, I got chicken, and I got you know whatever else. You know, I got mashed potatoes and gravy. You know, can you smell my gravy? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's food. And then she says, "You're the one I was looking for." Now we all know, you know, because we're up here looking down. We all know that nasty old woman would say that to any boy that walked by. But this boy, did I mention he's a dummy? You know, he's an empty boy, and here's an empty woman, and you know they're gonna find each other. You know. You're the one I was looking for. Yeah, right, you know. Uh, I came out here to find you, and here you are. By the way, what is your name, y you know? Uh, my bed is spread with beautiful blankets with colored sheets of Egyptian linen, you know? <laughs> and this boy's thinking, man, I got Star Wars sheets that smell like cheese, you know? All of a sudden, she got a bed with, you know, you know, with like thread count, you know? Uh, it's perfumed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. And we read the Song of Solomon. I don't have to spell this stuff out. Y'all know that the, you know, the woman's garden, that's, that, that's, that's a euphemism, right? You, you know, so, man, it's myrrh, it's aloes, it's cinnamon, you know. Let's drink our fill of love in the morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses. My, my husband's not home. He's got the credit card. He, he's going to be gone for days. So she seduced him with her pretty speech, enticed him with her flattery. He followed her once, but he did not know he was walking like an ox to the slaughter, caught like an animal in a trap. She don't understand. Um, uh, he, he makes bad choices. There are real consequences to that because every choice you make is a step down a path. That's the point of Proverbs always, right? It's a step down a path. Now, boys are dummies. And so for that reason, they live for today. But wisdom has a way of thinking long-term. Wisdom looks down the path. So in other words, always pay attention to where the path you're walking leads. He did not know it led to the nasty old woman's house, but that's where it led. The point is you got to look up from your life sometimes and pay attention to the path you're walking. Don't ever step down a path that leads to the place you don't want to go. You understand? This is just wisdom, you know? And so the father's talking to his son saying, man, her house, you know, is the road to the grave, you know? Pay attention to the path you're walking. Man, I'm out of 
time. But man, that's just amazing. Uh, it's been the ruin of many. She's been the ruin of many. Isn't that a song? House of the Rising Sun. Isn't that song? I wonder if that came from this passage. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 7, the old song, House of the Rising Sun. Anyway, um, tomorrow, uh, Monday morning, we'll pick up right here, chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. We'll do the whole thing, verses 1 to 36. As I said, spend some time in the Proverbs as we are uh, kind of getting something different. And then my plan is to turn to the book of Ephesians, if that works for you. Uh, but let's stay with the Proverbs for a little while longer. Proverbs chapter 8 for Monday morning. Uh, Sunday morning here at Woodburn. Uh, come to worship 8, 9, 30, and 11. I'm finishing up the sermon series on miracles called Wonder Worker. This coming Sunday, the sermon's called The Stents. And we're talking about the, the, the raising of Lazarus. So join us here at church on Sunday. Love you guys so much. Stay in the word. Enjoy the weekend. And I'll see you Monday morning, Lord willing, for 10 with 10. Love you guys.